Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Hi, everyone. I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hey everyone, it is John C. Morley here, serial entrepreneur, and welcome to another great uh, edition of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. Can you believe we are on the third week of August? I mean, August 19th, we have one more uh, Friday left in August, and then uh, we'll be celebrating September 2nd. Can you believe the summer has gone? I don't know where it went. Well, we have a great show for you uh, tonight, as you know, we always do. And um, one thing I want to share with you guys is how many of you out there have Apple devices, any Apple phones? All right. So uh, it's recently been uh, observed that you probably should be, yes, ladies and gentlemen, yes, you, you probably uh, should be doing something. You're probably updating your Apple devices like right after the show, not during the show. And uh, Apple, according to CNN, is directing users of the most of its devices to update their software after the company discovered a vulnerability in its operating system that it says may have been actively exploited. Now, the security update um, was posted uh, earlier this week, and uh, Apple said the vulnerability affects uh, iPhones dating back to 6S, iPad 5th generation, and later iPad Air 2, and later iPad Mini 4, and later all iPad Pro models and the seventh generation iPad, uh, iPod Touch, I should say. Um, and Apple said the vulnerabilities give hackers the ability to take control of a device's operating system to, quote unquote, execute arbitrary code. That's code that could potentially cause damage uh, to your device and um, infiltrate it with all kinds of problems and what we call malware and um, steal content from you that you're putting in as well as direct you to places that you shouldn't uh, want to go to, as well as um, making your phone very slow, but most importantly, uh, giving you a false sense of security and taking that information that you think is so secure and giving it out to bad hackers. So definitely, ladies and gentlemen, uh, go get your Apple devices uh, updated. If you don't know how to do that, it's really simple. You can just go to the settings menu and you can go to right there where it says um, you can just type an update on your phone, just like I'm doing right there, software. And then you just go to settings, software update, and you'll see it says automatic updates. You can say on. And right now, mine is saying 15.61. So I'm actually going to do that for you right now to show you and download that latest one. I'm going to put my 
passcode in and uh, download and install. And um, you do have to make sure that uh, you are on um, a wireless connection. If you're on cellular, well, it's definitely going to cost you unless you have unlimited data. So uh, right now, um, the update um, is going to download. It takes about two minutes to install. I'll reboot my phone. And so that's iOS 15.6.1. If you don't have it on your phone right now, well, uh, go ahead and do that right now. It's really important that you do that. We don't want to have your devices exploited by some bad hackers that could steal potentially valuable information to you and could compromise your identity. That's never a fun thing. All right. So, of course, some useful information. And something I want to share with you guys is uh, how many of you get these phone calls, right? Uh, they call you and say, hi, I'm such and such, and I'm calling you uh, because your vehicle's warranty uh, is about to expire. And I have fun with them. They call me and I say to them, okay, so which car are you calling about? And uh, you actually need to talk to my car manager. I don't handle this. And so this is something that's going to make you guys really happy. and always making me happy. A monumental case looks to crack open the world of auto warranty robocalls. Let's dig a little deeper. Using a web of shell companies, aliased by fly-by-night phone providers, have somehow um, gotten this control. And Cox and Jones have allegedly sent billions of robocalls nationwide since 2018 offering vehicle service contracts misleadingly characterized as car warranties. And, you know, this is bad, and this needs to stop. I know whether you have gotten one of these calls or maybe you have a friend that's gotten one of these calls, they're a waste of our time, you know, and uh, it's not right what they're doing. It already is illegal to spoof caller ID. And if you're doing it to defraud, well, that's a bigger problem which this obviously falls under, and robocallers don't seem to care right now. So what we need is technology to prevent spoofing. And um, this really doesn't go far enough right now. So there needs to be a way uh, that you check a box on your recent call list if the call was unauthenticated, and you possibly could report the call if you thought it was a bad call. Now, I believe that this is amazing because I can't tell you how many people waste their wonderful day and night answering calls. I hear it from my own father telling me, oh, you how many robo calls I got? And now he has no more robo. And now those things are good and they help, but they still get around the system. And so I also want to let you know that some companies use these automatic notification systems to let you know of like uh, snow emergencies, school emergencies, or blasting emergencies. And so when the calls come through, a lot of times they say spam because they're not properly identified. I think there needs to be a clear delineation for people that are using automated callers for a definitive purpose. And I don't mean campaigning. I don't mean soliciting for funds. Okay. I mean something vital to someone's life. Like uh, there's a recall on something for a product you actually own, not a product they think you own, but a product you actually own. And so this is what needs to happen. America needs to come together as a consortium. And we need to send a message to government and say, you know what? Enough is enough is enough is enough. 
And I am so happy that they're about to blow the case on this because this is just crazy. Um, there's probably no sentence in our English vocabulary that is more infuriating than the word auto warranty robocalls. And you hear this one thing, which is even more to the point, and I quote, we have been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty, close quote. That is just terrible that the FCC, that that Cox and Jones would allow this to happen. Now, we know why it's happening. They're making billions of dollars off of this. Somebody's scamming someone. Now, is it Cox and Jones that's doing it? No, but they should be taking the responsibility and the liability because they're allowing their customers to defraud them. And just so you guys know what spoofing is, a so spoofing is when you dial a person and you're able to change the caller ID number. Uh, I know about this because I actually studied this um, when I was doing my senior project at college. I studied the ICLID packet. Now, what the heck is the ICLID packet? Uh, well, I'll tell you. So um, the ICLID packet is the incoming call line identification packet. And um, you've heard about this on Vodavi. You've heard about this on your other plane phones. Uh, you've heard of it on your cell phone. So what happens is, um, so Bell Labs actually has all of the, um, let's call it the research material uh, and books and things that uh, we need to know about technology that was developed, right? So is Bell Labs still around? Well, uh, it's Bell Labs, Bell Laboratories. Um, they're doing a lot of other things now, right? Um you know, they're, they're doing uh, different types of devices, uh, you know. So I think uh, the whole issue is what happened. So Bell Labs survived as part of the Lucent Technologies. Now, when you go to the one, you actually get a rodent company. That's not them. They survived as part of the Lucent Technologies even after it merged with Alcatel in 2006 to become Alcatel Lucent in 2016. Nokia acquired the company and renamed Bell Labs Nokia Bell Labs. So Nokia Bell Labs still exists today, and that's the one you want to. So if you go to belllabs.com, well, that's not going to get you anywhere but rodent care, so don't go there. So it's Nokia Bell Labs. And so um, this is the renowned research uh, company that uh, has all the information about you know, Bell, AT&T, all those documents, right, about phone and how things went through. So the incoming call line ID packet actually is a burst of data that gets sent between the first and second ring. Now, there was uh, the initial, um, let's say, uh, release of it where they just gave the number. Then they did enhanced caller ID, which was the name and the number. And you could choose which you wanted to show up. Many of you remember the caller ID boxes and you'd have those little red lights that would blink when a call comes in, right? And you'd have to take the one line that comes in from the phone company, plug that into the end of the caller ID box and the other line from that into your phone. Now, your phones, your cordless phones, they all have the ability to do caller ID detection. I mean, built in. Many phones, uh, including some that are by Panasonic, when the call comes in, if it is a block number, 
the phone actually will require the caller to press a digit to verify they're a human being. Now, if you get a call from a number that is a spam call, you press one button, and now they're added to the database in your phone, and that number will now not just come through. And they'll have to be verified by pressing uh, the number to verify they're human. So these are all great things. I think the problem is that, you know, we're thinking about technology that was years ago, and we have to adapt to the way people are doing things. I know a company today that is operating a robocall type business, and they don't call it that. They they call it a voice messaging service where they charge you to basically um, have the calls call out and you pay for the amount of time that is actually they call it on air, whether that's uh, to an answering machine or to a live person, you're paying for that airtime. And so it's obtrusive, you know, and uh, they have ways they can get around the gatekeepers and they keep calling back, but it's annoying. And I don't know if you guys know, but it is illegal, okay, to call somebody on their cell phone um, with these uh, robocalls unless they've had some type of a relationship a business relationship in a period of time. That That's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope that they really take these, these suckers down because robocalls need to go. I mean, they, they, they just need to go. And um, there are modern uh, companies out there like uh, Kixie, and there's other ones out there, voice broadcasting. Um, there's OnSolve, automated robocalling. And the FCC rules to require telemarketing to allow you to opt out of receiving additional telemarketing robocalls immediately during a pre-recorded telemarketing call through an automated menu. The opt-out mechanism must be announced at the outset of the message and must be available throughout the duration of the call. Pretty interesting, right? So what are the four things you should do when you get a robocall? Don't panic. Hang up on illegal robocalls is the recording trying to sell you something, okay? Consider protecting yourself with technology like call blocking apps and call blocking services. You can also ask your phone provider if they have call blocking tools that you can use as well. Report the call. Report robocalls to ftc.gov forward slash complaint. I just want to take a moment and explain this to people because uh, this site has been around for a very long time. And so um, the thing about this is that um, a lot of people don't know about it. And here's why they don't know about it. The reason they don't know about it is, is very simple. Because in the beginning, when people were doing this, they didn't, they didn't realize they had to register a second time. Now they're a little better. If you click on report to help fight fraud, you click on report now. And it says, is your report about any of these common claims in impersonator job investor money market phone internet tv service health just an annoying call online shopping sweepstakes prize lottery auto sale repair credit debt or something else and they'll get you to the right place so i think that is a great thing you can do right there now that is the uh that is actually the one place you want to go that's that's the ftc.gov forward slash complaint but if you go to um, on the site, there's do not call.gov, which I also recommend you going to. Now, you can report unwanted calls by just clicking on the green button. 
However, in order to report an uh, unwanted call, you first uh, have to be registered in the system so that uh, they actually can um, know who you are and they can actually, you know, they, they, they can take um, your information and, and know how to handle it. So you have to register your phone first. You know, the green one's there and the blue one second. Really register your phone should be first and then verify the green should be last. So you click on register your phone. It says if you're unsure if you have registered previously, just click on here. So what you do is you click on the verify here button and you enter in one of your phone numbers, okay? So you enter in one of your phone numbers, you put that into the system. And once you put that in, you can enter up to three numbers. And so when you enter those numbers into the system, you could actually put an email address if you wanna do that. You can click on submit. Once you click, it says you must enter your email address. You have to enter your email address. So you enter your email address, submit. And it says uh, verify. And it says then you're going to receive an email. Okay, so now you'll receive an email from the, the Do Not Call uh, website. And once you get that email, you're going to click on it. And that's basically all you need to do. Now, it might take a few minutes for that call to actually get through to you um and so you know that's what you need to do but also report it on the government site as well because i feel that these people are going to keep getting away with this nonsense if we keep allowing it so let's stop being enablers and let's go to the ftc.gov forward slash complaints do not call.gov and let's start sending these people a message let's go after these people legally and let's stop the nonsense right how long has robo, um, I'm going to call it call harassment, been going on? Well, that's a great question. Um, it's going on for many, many years. Uh, robo calls have been around since 1983 when the business owner, Tony um, Innocenters, used his telemarketing machine from his collection agency business to announce his candidacy for 57th Assembly District in California. And so I feel that, you know, it, it's a challenge to, to what's happening. But you have to realize that if somebody is, is using robocall in a way that is not helping you, like obviously doctors can sometimes use it, but if it's using it in a way to sell you or to do something you don't want, for example, let's say your air conditioning service and they call to remind you're already a customer, no big deal. But if they're calling like everyone's, hey, you know, great, thanks for being a customer. And they keep calling saying, hey, you know, this week we're having, like, that's annoying. You should be able to opt out of those communications, but still get the communications about your appointment. See, those are sales related as opposed to just your confirmations. And there should be a way that they're able to separate that. Otherwise, they should just throw the whole robocall thing in the garbage. All right. So how many of you know about Airbnb? Well, Airbnb rolls out an anti party technology to help enforce its global ban. What the heck is this all about? I mean, this just seems like it's coming out of nowhere. So um, weeks after Airbnb said it would permanently ban parties at properties rented through its platform, the company is deploying the so-called, quote unquote, anti-party technology in the United States and Canada to help enforce this measure. The new system analyzes a variety of factors according to uh, the company announcement that was made. Includes previous reviews, how long a user's been on the platform, the length of the stay, and whether the rental is occurring on a weekend or a weekday. So the global uh, air 
BNB said this is to, and I quote, unquote, help identify potentially high risk reservations, close quote, and prevent those users from completing a booking. Those who aren't able to book homes as a result of the anti-party tech will have the option to reserve a hotel room or a private room rather than an entire property where a host is less likely to be present through the platform uh, Airbnb had said. So Airbnb is definitely taking things. So I want to just give Airbnb a kudos. I think it's great that they're using technology in a smart way to embrace people and to stop people that are trying to abuse, create damage, and um, cause them lots of extra challenges. All right. TikTok, my friends. Yes, TikTok's had it. TikTok to clamp down on paid political posts by influence ahead of the U.S. midterms. Now, so this is an interesting thing because TikTok has been under a lot of scrutiny. And TikTok is going to work to prevent content creators from posting paid political messages on the short form video app. As part of its preparation for the midterm election in November, the company had recently said uh, just this past week. And critics and lawmakers have accused TikTok and rival social media companies, including meta platforms and Twitter, of doing too little to stop political misinformation and uh, diverse content from spreading on their apps. So I think this is great. And uh, while TikTok has banned paid political ads since 2019, campaign strategists have skirted the ban by paying influencers to promote political issues. See, I think that's a problem. And I think TikTok needs to be aware of when an upturn is happening on that and they need to investigate that further. So uh, I think that's good for TikTok, but uh, I still think they're playing uh, phony on the back end. So we'll have to see what they're doing and uh, you know, we'll go from there. All right, uh, how many of you out there use DoorDash? Well, DoorDash, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and Walmart, well, they're starting to, they're getting a divorce, unfortunately. DoorDash is ending its delivery partnership with Walmart, but but why why would they do this? So DoorDash is ending this delivery partnership with Walmart um, after more than four years of delivering the retail giant's products to customers. The news was reported by a business insider and sources familiar with the matter told Insider that DoorDash decided to end its partnership with Walmart because it was no longer mutually beneficial and because the delivery company wanted to focus on its long-term customer relationships. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. A spokesperson for Walmart told Insider that the two companies have agreed to part ways. DoorDash is said to have sent Walmart a 30-day notice and a letter earlier this month to end the partnership. The termination will go into effect, yes, this September 2023. Um, they quote, we'd like to thank Walmart for their partnership and are looking forward to continuing to build and provide support for merchants in the years ahead with our leading marketplace and platform offerings. Close quote. Spokesman from DoorDash told TechCrunch in an email, as we recently have said, 
the termination will end a partnership that began in 2018. Hey, by the way, I just got that update, ladies and gentlemen, that said uh, OS 15.6.1 will install. I can say wait, or I can just leave it alone in one second, and you can now say it's installing and it's rebooting my phone. So it did take a little bit of time. I recommend that if you're doing this, uh, don't do this when you're about to receive a phone call or you know, make sure you're with people so that if they're trying to get you, they're not panicked that, well, I can't get you, right? Um, so very interesting thing that's happening. But you know, I have to believe that uh, although Walmart had partnered with a third-party delivery service like DoorDash, the retail giant has also been focused on building out its own delivery efforts. See, I think this is really the truth. And uh, Insider reported just, uh, I think it was just this past Wednesday or Thursday, that Walmart is acquiring delivery drivers, which is the company behind Walmart's Spark platform that sees gig workers deliver orders to customers. A Walmart spokesperson told Insider that Spark platform has grown to become the company's largest delivery service provider and that it accounts for 75% of Walmart deliveries. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I would be a bit surprised if Amazon starts doing this interesting i mean my deliveries don't get her anyway I, mean, I, I can tell you that one out of five deliveries get lost it's just absolutely when i say a crime it's just it's literally a crime and uh i want to let you know something else that that's interesting speaking about bringing up our our friends at, at uh you know at um at amazon something interesting happened there and i want to share this with you so one uh, is that workers are filing for union vote at another Amazon facility. They don't feel they're being treated right. Um, did you know that uh, worker, a worker just died at Amazon? And so this just happened, ladies and gentlemen, that Amazon labor union president, Chris Smalls, who led a nearby Staten Island, New York warehouse to a union, um, this year wrote on Twitter that the worker who died has been unconscious on the floor for more than 20 minutes and that it was nearly an hour before 911 was called. I think that is epitably disgraceful. I don't care how much money you're worth. If you can't have that, there's only one thing more disgraceful than that. And that's being deliberately negligent. I'm not going to mention the company. But there was a, a pretty large chain in New Jersey. And I know being an EMT, uh, friends that I know, being a first responder, I know that when I hear this and they couldn't help this one person survive, do you know why? Because they didn't have a defibrillator at the store. And this is a pretty big store, big chain. And that's terrible. That company should be sued for that because the person that was there, unfortunately, didn't make it. So let's kick these companies into gear. And if they are going to be a place for a major amount of people, they need to have these type of things. Uh, I think defibrillators should be in every building. So not that if you're a company, but I mean, if you're a landlord and you have more than so many people in your building, you should have at least one of these per shopping center. I think that's a big, big concern, a really big concern, ladies and gentlemen. But everybody, it's out about the dollars. If you're wondering what my phone's doing, in case you want to check that out, my phone is just rebooting right now. So this update is not a 60-second update, all right? 
Um, so we will definitely keep you in the loop of what's happening with Amazon and, and things like that. But um, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think um, I think a lot of times companies do things for money, and I get that. But if you're doing something to be directly negligible, like you're like, hey, you know, I just don't want to do it. And we're not talking a lot of money for these companies. I mean, this thing would have given them a good PR that they had this. And now the fact that they didn't have it, all people can say, oh, gee, I can't believe that store, that big chain store didn't have it. I'm never going to shop there. Or I'm not going to shop there with my elders, right? So uh, my phone is still updating, ladies and gentlemen. So again, this is a pretty slow update, but at least I know my phone will be protected from these uh, bad actors and not be able to uh, get access to my um, OS, which could be very damaging. All right, uh, another story that I wanna cover with you guys today, and that is law owners are proposing revolutionary rules for ownership of crypto tokens and NFTs. So first, before I get into that, we all know a little about what crypto is. But what the heck is an NFT? All right, NFT stands for a non-fungible token. Non-fungible means it's unique and irreplaceable, okay? And um, The Verge explains it well, and I quote them. Basically, it says it's a Bitcoin, and it would be fungible because if you traded one coin for another, you'd have the same thing. So you wouldn't be able to, um, to get the same item, right? But NFTs are designed to give you something that can't be copied, ownership of the work. Though the artist can still retain the copyright and reproduction rights, just like with physical artwork, to put it in terms of physical art collecting, anyone can buy a Monet print, but only one person can own the original. I like to think of it a little bit differently. I like to think of it like, there are 10 signed copies of a Monet painting. And my painting is a signed original. Okay? That's pretty good. So it's an original and it's signed. So it is the original, but you know, they so they have signed, so that's how they say. It. So you might be saying, John, so how much is 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 a Monet painting? Well, uh, that's a great question. So uh Claude Monet's work has been offered at auctions multiple times with realized prices from five dollars to yes <laughs> one two three four five six one hundred ten billion seven hundred forty seven thousand dollars depending on the size give or take and the medium of the artwork since 1998 the record price for the artists at the auction is uh a hundred and ten million seven hundred forty seven thousand us dollars and uh, that's pretty interesting. So when we think about this, you can buy a Monet on Amazon for 1.5 million. So that's pretty interesting. And um, understanding how NFTs work is pretty interesting, but let's get to the bottom of what's going on. So law commissions are proposing a revolutionary rule for ownership of crypto tokens and NFTs. Now, legal reforms body for England and Wales says the digital assets are personal property. 
Um, and there's a major earthquake happening in the sphere of digital assets, which is expected to create a big turbulent storm that will impact tech, not only in the real world, but also in the metaverse. That's right. So when you put things online, you used to say, well, gee, you know, it's kind of a gray area. Well, there are new rules that are being formed as we speak. And there are property rights, intellectual property rights. And now this just got a whole bit more complicated for those attorneys that graduated. Now you probably got to have a certification just in NFTs. And so, you know, the fact of you buying something that might not exist or might be worth zilch in 30 seconds, I don't know, that doesn't have me running to want to buy one of these things. Think about this for a moment. You're a business and you're getting paid in Bitcoin. And now that Bitcoin suddenly went down. Well, you can't tell your customer you need more money. You still have to pay your supplier in US dollars. But if it was an NFT, a non-fungible non token, that would basically mean that the value should go up on that item if it's the only one. However, if nobody really cares about that, like if you made a, uh, I don't know, a chocolate peanut butter um, brandy um, Swiss apple pancake, and let's say that was worth $10,000, it was only one plate of them. That could be a problem. Now, I remember uh, there was an item, I think it was a cake. And this cake was somewhere around $5,000. And I'm like, why would you want to keep a cake? Because it has value. But you never want to eat it because it's stale. But it has value because of everything it went through. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, this just kind of, I don't know, this is like people saying a company is worth X dollars, but then they really don't have the tangible assets to show. I, I call this uh, money monkeying because what it's worth and what you're getting is really not the truth. I mean, that, that's that's just in a nutshell, right? So ownership uh, definitely, you know, becomes a problem. And you might be saying to me, hey, John, you know, what is it that makes somebody want to buy a non-fungible token? By the way, I just got that email in uh from do not call uh dot gov so thank you for registering your phone with do with the national do not call registry you successfully registered your phone number ending in on and it tells you the date i registered it most telemarketers will be required to stop calling you 31 days from your registration date you don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Okay. So now what you can do is you can go back there. You can put all of them in at one time. So again, it's do not call.gov. So if I want to put another phone number in that list, I could do that very, very easily. I can go in it. So when you click on register your phone, you can click on verify here, or you can say register here. So when you say register here, I'll put another phone number I have. And I'll put a I'll put an email address in that I have for that one as well. Now remember, it will tell you whether uh you know whether if you were verified, you know, whether it went through or not. So I'll click on submit. It says make sure your information is correct. Register. 
And so it will tell you, you submitted your phone for registration in the National Do Not Call Registry. You receive an email from register at do not call.gov. To complete your registration, you must open the email. So if I've already registered, it will not have me register again. And here's the cool thing about this, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need to be able to do anything. Now, I, I, I got to say something. Uh, you don't need to um, register again. The problem with the original do not call was that you actually had um, to register again because it expired, right? And that was a, a very big problem. But I want to let you know that it did take a few minutes for that um, email to get to me. And you do need to click on that email especially if you haven't registered. So I'll let you know whether you register or not. If you have read, haven't registered, you'll click on it. It'll verify and it'll register you. So if you register yourself, I think that's that's definitely, uh, I mean, I think that's definitely pretty cool. But the question I have to say is, where, where, where are these things going, ladies and gentlemen? Where is the stuff going? Because, you know, now that there's a tracking system, so you might be saying, but John, so, so what is the fine for using robocall. Well, let's, let's just say, let, what, what is the fine? So the Federal Commission, um, actually it's the Federal Communications Commission, they proposed a $45 million fine against a robocall company that allegedly made pre-recorded calls without consent. The agency announced, literally just today, <laughs> the calls allegedly made false claims about the COVID-19 pandemic to spur people to buy health insurance. So we're not just talking about the annoying people that call about your car. They're using a call to put fear in people's minds. Now, it's one thing if fear is part of your ad and you're trying to get somebody, but you can't use that in a robocall way. You can't threaten people. You can tell people about a problem. But you can't lie about the facts. You can't mail something in a postcard that's going to be unfair, right? And so um, protection against robocalls and pre-recorded calls, this is, this is a problem. They call it the TCPA, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Uh, and it places restrictions on robocalls and pre-recorded messages made by telemarketers and debt collectors. So uh, Congress passed the Federal uh, Telephone Commission Protection Act. To, in response to increasing consumer complaints about telemarketer and debt collector phone calls. The primary purpose of the TCPA, uh, that is the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, is to reduce the number of nuisance calls, but also, and perhaps more importantly, it works to protect consumers' right to privacy. So what is a robocall? call? Well, it's an automated call, and it's a call dialed by a computer. And uh, on the other hand, it could be a pre-recorded voice message, such as a, a machine that just gets loaded with a couple of numbers to dial. And the call usually uh, picks up. And when contacted, uh, a message is played to them. Or they have to hit a prompt to see if they're the live person. Now, the TCP, TCPA very, very specifically restricts the practice of telemarketers and debt collectors and their use of automated dialing and pre-recorded voice messages with regard to cell phones, residential phone lines, text messages, and unsolicited faxes. That's a real big one. So what constitutes a violation? Well, that's a great question. So the TCPA prohibits marketers from using automated calls, pre-recorded messages, and text messages to cell phones. The law applies to cell phones, whether used for business or personal use. 
So somebody says, oh, it's just my cell phone. No, it is now for any cell phone. And a telemarketer or debt corrector, if he or she violates this law, they will be in trouble. So in essence, a telemarketer makes an automated robocall or pre-recorded message and the text message to a consumer's cell phone unless the consumer previously gave the telemarketer or debt collector permission to call. It's best to get in writing in case where consent has been previously given. The consumer can revoke the consent by notifying the telemarketer or debt collector to stop calling the cell phone. The U.S. Supreme Court upholds the TCPA uh, prohibition on robocalls to cell phones and strikes down exemption for federal debt collection. So when the TCPA became law in 1991, the law prohibited any call other than a call made for emergency purposes or made with prior express consent of the call party using any automated telephone dialing system or an AI artificial intelligence pre-recorded voice to a telephone number assigned to a paging service, cell phone telephone services, specialized mobile radio services, or other radio common carrier services, or any of the services for the call party is charged for the call in section 47 USC 227B1A part three. Then in 2015, Congress amended the law as part of that year's budget bill to include an exception for calls made to collect on government-owed debts. That was interesting that they allowed that to happen. I don't think that was really fair. On July uh, 6, 2020, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down the exemption for collection of debts owned to the federal government. I think that was good in the case of Barr versus the American Association of Political Consultants. Uh, so automated calls to cell phones to collect debts owed to or guaranteed by federal governments like student loans and mortgage debts are now banned along with other robocalls. So calls to residential phone lines, telemarketing calls to consumers on the do not call registry, uh, documenting evidence of, yes, the telephone consideration, consumer protection um, act. Uh, very important that you do document that and obtain and save all the phone numbers, phone records, uh, make a written record of the call you're receiving, specifically the date. When you go on that site and you report it, you'll have a record, but save that. Um, save all voice messages. If you've, if you've revoked consent, make sure you have a copy of where you revoke uh, consent and provide that. Damages for violation of the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Consumers who receive telemarketing calls, pre-recorded or automated to their cell phones or residential landlines that violate the TCPA may file a lawsuit against the telemarketer or debt collector for the violation. A consumer can recover up to $500 for each violation of the do not call registry. Up to $500 per phone call that violates the TCPA and up to $1,500 per phone call if the consumer can show that the TCPA was violated knowingly and willfully. So if they're on the do not call registry, that's $500, bam, per call. $500 per call that violates the TCPA, anything under the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, and $1,500 per call if the consumer can show that the TCPA was violated knowingly and willfully. That is very interesting. Of course, you'll want to talk to a lawyer about further questions, but I think this is important and to know that we have rights. The other day, I received a text message. Uh, now businesses can get business text messages on, on, our, on our phone systems. 
And uh, he started off with a very interesting text. And the text basically came over telling me, by the way, I just got that message, which took a few seconds. I'm going to click on it right now. And it comes up here, says, you have registered the following number in the National Do Not Call Registry. You may print this your record. So that number was not registered. But remember, they can't call me on that number 30 days. It's going to they have up to 30 days, 31 days for them to basically get that in their system because they have to update their records. They can't just do it one time. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have gotten a tremendous amount of value from today's show. And uh, yes, we're working on more guests. It's been a little slow with the summer, but we're working on more guests. And I want you to know that you have rights and that when it comes to technology, when it comes to social media, when it comes to doing things, don't be afraid to use technology if it's going to improve someone else's life. Now, if you're using the information to protect someone so that they're not harmed or to safeguard some asset, that's fine. But don't you dare use that information to go against that person or for self-gain without their permission. That last part, without their permission. I know you got a lot of value. You're definitely going to want to go back and re-watch this show about the TCPA, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, and the Federal Telephone Commission because there's just so much uh, in there that you're going to want to digest. I hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your night and have a wonderful weekend. And you know what? I'm going to see you guys next week. And that's our last Friday for August. And then we're going to be into, yeah, we're going to be into September. Take care, everyone. I'll see you next Friday. being treated for pain be a pain come to downtown's healthcare 950 17th street in denver find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery without drugs call downtown's healthcare 303-292-9992 now in lowry or downtown